Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join HuntOfALifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit HuntOfALifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Brought to you in part by International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, New Hampshire Wildlife Heritage Foundation, and Maine Operation Game Thief. Warden's Watch, episode 105, 105. David Brady, Florida Fish and Wildlife, an epic story of Game Warden survival. After that introduction, I almost feel guilty talking about the podcast. This one 
is a great training aid for those in law enforcement, those that work on boats. That's just a story of survival that you can survive. The nice thing is now we're training in the water. We're doing all kinds of training similar to the situation that happened to David that he's going to share with on this Warden's Watch podcast. But I'm going to do a little different. We've been reading reviews. I'm going to read some of the most recent reviews and read like three of them back. So the newest ones. So Sammy, you're you're up first. You're the last Warden's Watch. And if you haven't left a Warden's Watch uh, review, please go to Spotify or to Apple Podcasts and drop a review. It just helps put it put us up in the front. And I'm pretty happy to announce that in our category we broke the top 100. So we were number 81 in our category. Thank you. Couldn't do it without you guys listening. And if you guys share, I'll tell you, that's the biggest thing. The word of mouth works the best when it comes to podcasting because people that listen to podcasts or or even don't listen to podcasts for that matter, if you tell them about a good podcast, they listen. So if each one of you that our listeners could tell somebody else that listens to podcasts about the Warden's Watch podcast. That just increases us a, a tremendous amount. And I would really appreciate it if you do that. And people that don't listen to podcasts, uh, some of the older generation, I take their phones from them. I load the, the podcast for them. And they're just happy. They're, they're excited to listen to these game warden stories because they've had interactions with game wardens and, and they really enjoy it. I just take the time and pull up their phone and uh, here it is. And this is how you listen to it. So if you could do that for a friend that may not know how to do it, that would help us as well. So I'm going to start with uh, Sam at the top. Thank you, Sammy, for uh, doing this. I've been listening to Warden's Watch since 2019. That was our conception. That was uh, the year we began. I'm currently in my freshman year at college to be a game warden. I am from New Mexico, and honestly, I would really appreciate if you guys interview a warden from New Mexico. Thank you, Wayne, for giving me different lenses of the job. It only makes me more excited for the future. That's 100%. I'm glad we're doing that. And that's part of Warden's Watch is to reach out to people like you to inspire you. And we've had some serious success. I've had like 10 new recruits reach out to me and say, Wayne, Thank you for doing what you do. You inspired me, and now I have a job here. I have a job there. And it's across the country. It's just not in New England. It's um, I'm pretty proud to say we, we've had some pretty good success at inspiring the next generation of Game Warden, which is exactly what I wanted to do with this podcast. Sammy, if you're familiar, you got a friend that's a, a Game Warden in New Mexico, I would be happy to interview them. My goal is to have every game warden or represented across the country in the long term. And I know I've gone to other states and done a few other podcasts with them, and it's because I have relationships with those states. That's how I do it. And this, so basically relationships are built. Uh, I get contacts and I drop two a month. I should drop more, but it's a lot of work. To be honest with you, uh, podcasting doesn't pay. I got to remember teaching college and doing my college jobs, like the only job that I do that actually pays right now. But thanks, Sammy. I appreciate that. Uh, We're going to go back here and try to get a few more podcast reviews. Literally the best. I like that title. I have never written a review for anything. But after feeling guilty about not writing one last week when Wayne didn't get any reviews and then subsequently forgetting to write one, I just had to do one this week. 
that's that's greatly appreciated and i hope everybody that's listening has that same feeling right now because if you took the time just to just uh, give me a review and a good review with this so i'm going to continue now i'm an army conservation leo and absolutely love listening to this podcast while i'm patrolling it helps me learn so much and inspires me to do better every day i go out i get excited every week that i see a new episode pop up this podcast introduced me to Nawia, IGW Magazine, and the Joe Pickett series, my current audiobook obsession when there is no Warden's Watch episodes. Thanks for the great work, guys. Love the podcast. That's, boy, I, I can't express what a great review that is because that's what I want to do. I want to get you guys acclimated with the North American Wildlife Enforcement Officer Association, IGW, the International Game Warden Magazine, stories about Joe Pickett. That's just great. CJ Box was an awesome uh, interview, and I, we really appreciate him coming on our show. And the other thing, International Wildlife Crime Stoppers that I'm currently the interim director for, That those, those are important things. I'm, I'm trying to create International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, if you go to that website, I'm going to try to create a resource for every state. So when you click on that state, it goes back to their recruiting so you can find out what their requirements are if you're interested. Uh, educational facilities. My college just put got on and is a membership of International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. And we are going to create a resource list for colleges. So if you're interested in a college, you can go on there and click on the educational resources there. And we'll have a backlink to those. So if you're familiar with a college, you're in a college program, like in New Mexico, I would love to talk to um, the coordinator for your program and get them to be a part of International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. Uh, just getting out the word is so important. And what we do for International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a resource for everybody, for every member state, for every member. And so they can go there and they can see what we're doing. And it's exciting stuff to be still part of a group that fights wildlife crime. So I'm very proud of that aspect. So that all being said, yeah, I don't know if I should save this for next because I've said so much. So I, I think I'm going to save this next one for the next episode because it, it, it'll be a good good conversation as well for this review. But thank you for leaving those reviews. David Brady's interview is going to be one of those that you can learn from. The body cannot go where the mind has not been. If you remember Jason Keller saying that, and that has stuck with me. I've been using that. I'm heading up to Michigan next week. Actually, when this drops, I'll be in Michigan. And that's kind of my theme to doing my presentation there. Enjoy this one. I guess that's a bad word to use. Learn from this one and be inspired. And remember, you're always going to win in anything you do. Thanks for sharing that with us, David. Today on Warden's Watch, I'm sitting down with David Brady of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Service. And David just got done doing a program here at the North American Wildlife Enforcement Officers, Officers Association. Association. <laughs> NAWIA. Uh, <laughs> and I know what NAWIA is, but I want everybody else to know what NAWIA is too. So yes, sir. that's all these listeners. So where we go to get some training. And you have provided some training today that when the officers left uh, your, your segment, I had several of them come up to me and say, hey, Wayne, are, are you going to podcast with David Brady? Because that's that's a heck of a story. 
and so many people can benefit for what you went through. So yes, sir. Can you first give us a little, you know, Florida Fish and Wildlife, how much? Give us a little review and a little bio for you before we start into it. Uh, like I said, I work for Florida Fish and Wildlife. I've been with the agency 17 years. I work in the area, uh, the northwest region, which is the Panhandle, Florida, Bay County, Panama City. I'm also been on my SOG team for 14 years, which is our special operations group, mm. which we do a lot of uh, high-risk man tracking, water response teams, dignitary protection and also part of our been with our dive team now a little over eight years which is body recoveries evidence recoveries documentation of, of boating accidents and just a little bit of everything man you've so, done it all so i've been i've been i've been around for a while so yeah, yeah it keeps it interesting too yes. as you do that and develop those skill sets yes, and you know, ebb and tie, get get off teams, get on teams. And well, I'm still on both teams. You're on all uh, of those all teams, of, man. I'm on all of it. Huh? <laughs> That's right. Unfortunately, I'm grandfathered in. I can still be on both teams. So. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And, and now there's a rule you can only be on one team at a time? Yes, sir, only one team at a time. Wow. So if once I get off the SOG team, I can't get back on the SOG team unless I get off the dive team. But Yeah, so um, you're not going to get off that anytime I, soon, I can tell. No, I got these young – I can't keep up with these young kids anymore. I'm yeah. 51 years old, and these young kids are just – they're all in that crossfit and and staying in shape and it's just yeah my knees and everything i, I, I hear you man i hear you uh, yeah. and there's a time and a place for everything yes and, sir. uh for sure but uh yeah tell us about this uh you know and, and sometimes i coined the shooting i was in the colbert murders because uh, you know two troopers died a judge died yes so i, I hate to call it an incident because you know, i i call it an incident because i mean it was an incident it was it, as they say routine stops i mean how many times we hear on the news nowadays mm. officer involved shooting it's a routine stop nothing ever is routine no anymore. nothing is ever ever routine anymore no. every stop every 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 vessel stop every interaction with a hunter or duck hunter deer hunter or any kind of person it's it's every incident is different mm-hmm. and i try to tell all, all i tell my recruits that and every time i talk to people it's just things can go south quick you yes they be, can and, they, and you gotta be ready for it mm-hmm. and that's i mean and i told people you i constantly run before my incident i still to this day but before my incident every time i did a vessel stop or checked a hunter i always left the area and i always ran scenarios through my mind it's like what would happen if this would happen mm. if that would happen how would i react it what i what i've done and the day of my my shooting all those all those scenarios that ran through my head was i have to get off the x and the only place i can get off the x is off the side of my boat right so that's that's when i that's what i did and as i went over the side of a boat that's when he shot me twice so, so let, let's start from the beginning of how the, the contact was made and um, rolling up and on it. I was working uh, San Andreas State Park, which is in the northwest region, is one of our biggest parks, one of our busiest parks. Uh, thousands of people come through to there a day. But it was one of the most busy. So they always want law enforcement officers out there, at least one officer out there during the day, mm-hmm. during the peak hours of the summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah so we're always, we always have them. So I was assigned to the park that day. That morning, I get a call from a dispatch, asked if I can handle a phone call from a gentleman that was maybe two, three miles down the road from us in, in one of our marinas. And he called me and said, uh, 
he had two young kids, and I call them kids, boys, 19 and 20. Uh, they were living on a sailboat, and they were going back and forth with their gray dinghy and getting on the property and causing problems with, with, the, uh, with the owner and customers and employees. So when, I, when he was explaining this to me, I said, are they there now? And he says, no. I said, well, if they come back on the property, call the sheriff's department. They'll trespass them and, mm-hmm. and get rid of them. So he's like, okay, yeah, I, I'll, I'll do that. That's, so I said, all right, called dispatch and said, hey, handle my phone. That was it. Yeah. That was that. I thought call was over. A few hours later, a uh, call comes over the radio, search and rescue. Four people on a pontoon boat. All four people fell off. Pontoon boat was running wild in the Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf of Mexico was really rough that day. So the Coast Guard was responding. My patrol vessel, which is a 26-foot angler, was in the water at or behind our office. So I let my dispatch know that I'm heading to my office to get on, the, on my patrol vessel to go respond, help the Coast Guard, assist the Coast Guard, whatever I can with the, with the search and rescue. Mm-hmm. As I was going out of the pass in Panama City, I was about a mile offshore, came back over the radio that all four people made it back to shore, pontoon boat still running wild offshore. So I told dispatch, hey, I'm calling it because I'm getting beat up out there. I'm soaking wet. I don't want to ruin my gear or damage my boat. So I turned around. I said, they, they can find that pontoon boat some other time. It'll wash ashore and that'd be it. But as I was coming back through the pass, I get a phone call, and I answered, and it was the gentleman from that day, Mr. Howe, mm-hmm. that was owner of that, that uh, property or that part of that marina where they rent boats and stuff. And he says, hey, uh, I just talked to the two, two boys. If you see them, could you talk to them and explain to them what I, what I told them? Yeah, no problem. I mean, hey, guys, mm-hmm. stay off the property. That's it. Yep. And uh, as I was going through the, coming through the pass, well, that was the only boat out there that sailboat towing a gray dinghy and i pulled up alongside it blue lights on pulled up alongside and the guy that shot me rieger asked literally looks at me and goes why are you stopping us for and the only thing i said was i'm stopping you today just to explain to you what about the incident from today about you guys causing problems but i said when i pulled up alongside i saw the uh, registration expired on the vessel and the complainant told me that they were under 21 and they had alcohol in the boat mm-hmm. so of course i saw the alcohol and i knew they were under 21 so i knew i'm gonna be there for a while and uh just running stuff and just trying to figure out what's why the boat expired because it was expired for four years i told atkins was actually up front messing with the sails and rieger was behind him with the trolling motor or tiller motor driving. I said, "Hey, turn the motor off." Rieger, uh, Atkins, throw anchor for me because the wind was really bad, and we we're getting ready to get to a nice little shoal to run aground. Because I didn't want a sailboat to run aground, and mm-hmm. we're, we're in trouble. So he threw anchor. As he thrown anchor, I backed off, and uh, as as it caught, I pulled alongside, tied off. And as I was explaining to the to the kids, I said, "Hey, why is this boat?" expired well atkins looked at me and goes hey i just bought it i said all right well do you have any paperwork on it he goes yeah i got some up here but the rest of us in the cabin well, routine stop okay well i had thousands of boats so i stopped yep and uh well Riga looks at me and says hey i'm gonna go in the cabin grab the rest of the paperwork 
I said, all right, do you have an ID on you? And he says, no, I don't have an ID on me. So I said, all right, well, go ahead and grab the paperwork. And I looked at the other kid and I said, hey, do you have any ID on you? He goes, yeah, here's my ID and here's, here's my paperwork. So I grabbed his paperwork and ID and put it up on top of my center console. I turned around and literally ripped a piece of paper off my ticket book to write down Rieger's information. As I turned back around, Rieger stepped out of the cabin of the vessel and had a gun pointed in my face. So at that time, I mean, when they say tunnel vision, you just, just, the thing looked like freaking a cannon. Yeah. So, and I was standing on the X and I couldn't go left. I couldn't go right because my center console and, and my bent seats, the only place I knew to do was. So you're on your boat, he's on his yeah, boat. Yeah. So what's the distance between you guys? Uh, maybe four or five feet. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's right there in my, yeah. in my face. So I jumped over the side of the boat. As I turned to jump over the side of the boat, that's when I heard two shots, and first shot hit me in my shoulder, and the second shot hit me in my side. I went into the water. Life jacket expanded, brought me to the surface, and then I realized, I'm like, why am I getting heavy for? And I realized the first shot that he hit me in the shoulder actually took out my life jacket, too. Mm. So it brought me up. So now I'm in full gear, BDU pants, boots, T-shirt, vest, gun belt. My button-up shirt, my BDU top shirt, bleeding, coughing up blood, trying to figure out what the hell just happened. I, I kind of got pretty ticked off. So I swam down the side of my boat. I tucked in behind my, my twin engines and pulled my weapon out. As I went around my my engines, Rieger was still standing on the sailboat. He was hunting me. He was looking mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And uh, so I went around my engines, popped around, fired three times at him. First three shots hit around him, but it didn't. It didn't hit him. Hit him. So and he's he's, shoot, he's shooting at me too. Well, he jumps from his sailboat onto my patrol boat, and he's advancing at me. So we're still exchanging fire back and forth as he's advancing towards me, and I'm an open water swim. Everything, all shooting is by one hand. I'm treading water, trying to stay afloat. Trying to hang on to the boat because now you don't have a life jacket. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to hang on the boat or, or something, but it's mainly a lot of swimming because I'm trying to move. and, and uh, In full, full duty gear. gear. Yeah. And Boots, about, about, about gun tw- belts. About 20 feet of water. And those gun belts are not light. I mean, no. they're, about, they're about 30 pounds because we carry our, our gun, our taser, pepper spray, handcuffs. I mean, everything, mm. everything on, our, on our gun belts. Yeah. So I was able to get to the sailboat. And we're still exchanging fire. My patrol vessel, the whole backside of my patrol vessel was bullet holes all all through because I'm trying to shoot at him. He's shooting at me. And then next thing you know, he jumps. He runs up to my center console, grabs control of my vessel, puts it in full in full throttle, rips it to port. And as he does that, I can watch the cleat. Still remember the cleat in slow motion go flying through the air. And he's coming at me. He turns around and he's coming at me. While I'm trying to get cover i was able to duck underneath the sailboat felt my patrol boat come by i felt it come by me and i resurfaced kicked up resurfaced and i punched out to to re-engage realized i went to pull the trigger realized i was i was empty so i had to reload reload magazine and i was just watching him come around as he was coming around the front of the sailboat again i mean full throttle i took aim started firing at him was shooting up my center console and my bow of my boat, and there's bullet holes in my bow of my boat, center console. He crashes my patrol vessel into his sailboat. 
as he did that, that's when Atkins, the kid that was on the on the sailboat with him, he jumps across. I hear a scream as he as he jumps across. So I'm just like, oh, damn! I just shot this kid as he jumped across. But I actually Riga still had the gun out shooting at me, and I actually shot him in his hand. And that made him after Atkins jumped on board, and I shot uh, Riga. That's when they left. They just they were gone. Mm-hmm. They left me out there. So I'm re- now I'm realizing I'm full gear trying to figure out how am I gonna get out of this water. Well, there's that anchor line. Whoa. So I grabbed a hold of that anchor line and I started scanning the area. As I was scanning the area, I noticed the coast guard was coming towards my location because they saw my patrol boat going around the sailboat a couple of times. Like, what's going on? Mm. And they see somebody in the water. So as as Rieger and them left, the coast guard was getting close to me. I started waving at the Coast Guard, yelling for help. Next thing I see the Coast Guard backing up. I'm like, where are they going? And I realized I still have my gun in my hand. They saw the gun. Uh, so they're like, oh, hell no. We, something's going on. We're right, backing up. Well, I, yeah. I reholstered my, my gun and started yelling at them. And they pulled up alongside. And I said, hey, officer, I'm a fish and wildlife officer. I've been shot. And they stole my boat. Well, the operator of the, of the Coast Guard vessel only thing he told me, he told me, he goes, the only thing I heard was they stole they stole my patrol boat. Well, he was getting ready to hammer down to go after my patrol boat. Well, I yelled a couple cuss words and said, hey, get me out of this water. I've been shot. And he's like, yeah. what? I said, I've been shot. Get me out of the water. And uh, they pulled me out of the water. I said, call my dispatch. Let them know because I had no communication with my dispatch. Right. So, I mean, I mean, my patrol, my, actually, I took my radio off and stuck it behind me in my seat. My phone was actually on my center console, so I, mean, I had I had no communication mm. with nobody. Our, my dispatcher was trying to get a hold of me and constantly get calling me, but they never got. The only time they knew I was shot was when they got me, when the Coast Guard pulled me on that boat. I told them, I said, hey, call my dispatch. Let them know I've been shot and my boat's been stolen. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's the only phone call they got. And that was dispatch. I still tell them that they are some of the most toughest and bravest people because i mean there are lifelines there are lifelines out there i mean they know stuff before we know stuff and Uh and they're like okay this is not either this gonna go bad or so they're getting us help and they're and they're some of the most amazing people yep i totally agree so i mean they can sit there run a a car person they got five computers up and they're just reading (laughs) stuff and Yep. I got trouble answering the phone and working on a computer yep, at the same no time. Doubt. Nope, nope. They can tell by the tone of your voice, yeah. uh, the amount of time you haven't checked in because they're used to you. Yeah. Yes, I would See, agree. Every, every three to five minutes, it, they, they always call us just to check on us. Hey, mm-hmm. you 10-4? Yeah. Yep. Well, we got it. 10-4. Good. Good to go. So they know. So they weren't getting nothing mm-hmm. out of me. So they were toning me. They were getting a hold of uh, other officers, start sending my way. And uh, as she was doing that, she comes over the radio and goes, I'm getting a hold of I'm calling the Coast Guard and see if they can get an eyeball on me. Mm-hmm. And as she was saying that to another officer, the, the phone was ringing. And that was actually the Coast Guard calling her dispatch. Mm. And that's when, that's when they came and picked me up out of the water and took me to the hospital. But about two hours later, I was walking. I walked out of the hospital. As I was walking out, the sheriff's department came up to me and goes, hey, hey, uh, you need to go out through the side door. I'm like, why? Mm. Like, well, we're bringing, oh, Rieger, we're, we're bringing your deposible shooter in. I'm like, all right, I'll go out the side door. But, yeah, they arrested him about an hour and 45 minutes later, him and his partner in a pole barn. 
Rieger was shot to the hand, and the gun was laying next to him where he, he was trying to hide. hide. Mm. So, But no incident. SWAT team went up and got him. He did. He just gave up. So. Yeah. And, and did they tell you how he proceeded after? Did they just head for sure in some place to hide? Or Yeah, when they ran my boat aground, they ran the ground in a place called the Cove in Panama, Panama City Beach. They ran it in a residential area. So people on a condo, they see my patrol boat hit a big sandbar. Well, lights are still on. I mean, it, mm. it, it, it nailed it hard. Mm-hmm. And then they noticed two kids just jump off the front of the boat. So they're like, that's not right. So, of course, mm. they started calling 911. And so that got everything rolling. Plus, the Coast Guard called 911. So they already knew what was going on. But social, it hit social media so fast. I mean, right. My friends were actually calling my cell phone while I was in the hospital. My cell phone was on the patrol boat. So, I mean, but it hit so my People were calling my brother at the time saying, hey, is your brother all right? My brother's like, what's going on? Mm. He's like, an FWC officer's been shot. And, of course, he was trying to call my phone. Of course, I'm not answering it. Right. So he was able to get a hold of one of my buddies, an officer. And he's like, yeah, your brother's been shot. So, of course, my brother had to go get my wife from her her job. She, he ran in here because, hey, we got to go. Dave's been shot. And, of course, that. And as they were getting in the hospital, I mean, because they heard that I was was shot in the neck, shot in the chest, and possibly deceased. So, yeah. So they were, they thought they were going to see a dead body, but of course I'm sitting in, sitting in the in the gurney, like I'm right here, guys. Yeah, I'm good. Pretty happy so, time when they saw you too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, a big big relief off of them. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Huh. So your your injuries. I mean, you were shot twice. Yes, sir. I was shot in, in the shoulder. Uh, that was just a muscle shot. Uh, <laughs> just a muscle shot, yeah. <laughs> but but it just it just went through. It didn't hit no bone or anything like uh-huh. that. I got a good nice scar. And the one in the side actually, when it impact, it's it, it made a nice big crater, nice big bruise. Mm-hmm. But it didn't break no ribs. It did bruise my lung pretty bad. That's why I was coughing, coughing up, up blood. blood. That's what I was wondering. So that's why I was coughing up blood. But it was about a quarter size hole and about maybe an inch inch and a half deep. But it was just a it was just just soft tissue. But, I mean, that vest saved my life. I mean, mm. the vest has, I talked to the owners of Point Blank, to who makes our vest, and they said it has 17 layers in it, and it only went through two and a half layers. Wow. So, it's... Pretty impressive. Yes. And I, I'm a big stickler about people wearing vests, now, yeah. especially nowadays. I mean, we're, we're cops. We we got a badge and a gun, and a lot of people don't like us. Right. I mean... For sure. So, I'm... Like, guys, you guys got to wear a vest. You know... I mean, I live in Florida, and it's hot there. Mm-hmm. Hot, miserable time. And we wear it, but it will save your life. Yeah. It will save your life. Yeah. I think your body acclimates it to a yeah. little. It's yeah. Still it's still miserable. 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 There's nothing. You, yeah. Yeah. You can't stop the sweat. And, mm-hmm. But you can drink water. I'd rather drink water than fill, fill a bullet hole up or something. Oh, so, you're, you're right there. No. So. Uh, anything come out of this? Usually we have these shooting incidents and we learn things, we change things. Maybe that come happen, David? Or, I mean, your training is, is so key. I'm sure your training kicked in. Training kicked in. I mean, there's a, there was a quote that a friend of mine sent to me. I, I said it in, in my presentation. But I, I when I when I talk to the recruits and when I talk to the other guys about training, I mean, it's just, in training, you got to train to win. I mean, mm. you train 
if you train half ass, you can end up going to fight half ass. Right. So you got to train to win. And, and, I, and I'm a stickler about it, and I believe in that. I mean, because you want to be, in your worst time, you want to be the most hardest person that somebody ever tries to kill. Right. I mean, you don't know who these people are. A lot of these people nowadays, they do that jiu-jitsu, <laughs> ground fighting, they go to rings. They so can I mean, be little, they can be big. They yeah. can, it's amazing and now. You, yeah, you're right. You don't know what, what kind yep. of person they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, training, training, training. And they're always training, too. Right. So, you never know. Mm-hmm. But our, our agency, I mean, our policy is either you have your vest on or you got to have it with you. Mm-hmm. But now our agency is going out to the outer carriers. That'll be helpful. So we all have to wear a vest. Yeah. To actually wear that outer carrier, you got to have a vest. And the vest is part of your outer carrier. Mm-hmm. So you have to wear it, So mm-hmm. which is which is good with that. No, it is. Water survival, and nothing's really much changed. But because I was on the SOG team, we do a lot of, a lot of water survival, a lot mm-hmm. of training. We do shoot from boats and stuff, but we never sh- shot treading water or anything like that. But we, I mean, we train with keep your gun out of the water and tread water for 15 minutes. But mm-hmm. that's about it. But they're looking at some stuff for at a range, shooting range, to simulate some of that stuff. Because, you mm-hmm. know, salt water and stuff like that, it, it ruins your gear. Yeah. And they don't want to keep buying new guns. They're not cheap. Yeah. So no, no doubt. No doubt. No. No, very interesting stuff. Um, yeah, Thank, thanks for sharing. Anything else? Um, I mean, you must have got a ton of questions after today's training. So. Yeah, they ask. They always ask a lot of questions because yeah. I mean, they. But every officer puts himself in your spot. Yeah, and and we all whether we get the pucker factor or you know we just we it's there's always all, there's yeah. always if you've been on this career if you're doing a job long enough you'll have you'll remember one time that something could have went. Mm-hmm. went south on you but it didn't but this one did and i won i yeah. mean people ask me a lot and he goes was there anything you do different i'm talking to you i know exactly i mean i'm here that's i mean i wouldn't do anything different mm-hmm. i mean i'm Monday morning quarterback myself pretty hard for a while but mm-hmm. i realized i did everything right right i mean i'm still here i got a little banged up right but i'm still here yeah absolutely so, no, and thank God you are, yeah. and you can share your story yeah. and inspire. <clears throat> excuse me, inspire these officers. Yeah, for the next generation, man. Yeah. Boy, it's a great career. It is. Anybody looking in? You know, <laughs> law enforcement is fun, anyways. But I mean, our our job is so diverse. Right. I mean, we water woods. I mean, and and I get a lot of questions that you guys patrol by yourselves a lot and i said well yeah most of the time we are by ourselves and sometimes most of the time we do i mean it's it's about a 50 50 mm-hmm. but because of that search and rescue i had to go out there by myself so and that stop i mean i stopped hundreds of boats thousands of boats mm-hmm. by myself but it's just that one that one time that one we always call it the one percenter so you never mm-hmm. i mean you never know who they're going to be and especially when you look at the two kids that i call them kids but they were they were 19 and 20 I mean, my mm. son, nineteen. My stepson is twenty, twenty-seven. So I mean, there's, I mean, they're kids to me. Yeah. So. And, and here we are, two guys that got shot in the line of duty, and we still say it's the best job. Yes. Ever. Yes. So if, if that's not good advertisement, I don't know what is. Yes, definitely. So hey, I really appreciate you sharing your story right. with us. I appreciate on, it, Wayne. It's on been, the podcast, and it's uh, been a great week here. I've had a blast here, and yeah. you know, we this is 
my first one, first conference, and it's I mean, Tennessee did one heck of a job. They, so. they certainly have. That's why I can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I'm, you can hear me. I'm the same way. So, oh, it's been great. Thank you so yeah. much. Appreciate uh, it. All right, I appreciate it.